Welcome to Pursue Ministries. You're listening to Men's Fraternity, Session 4, Overly Bonded with Mother Wound. The speaker is Bill Howard. Well, listen, I came across something I thought you guys would enjoy. And it's kind of a man thing. But maybe it's a guy that didn't... He thought he was a man, but he ended up uh, getting taken advantage of. But anyway, a guy says... Uh, Here's the story. A man appeared before St. Peter at the pearly gates. And the question was, have you ever done anything of particular merit, St. Peter said. Well, I can think of one thing, the man offered. Once, on a trip to the Black Hills out in South Dakota, I came up upon a gang of high testosterone bikers who were threatening a young woman. I directed them to leave her alone. They wouldn't listen. So I approached the largest and most heavily tattooed biker and smacked him on the head, kicked his bike over, ripped out his nose ring and threw it on the ground. And I yelled, now back off or you'll have to answer to me. St. Peter was impressed. When did this happen? Just a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> the guy trying to be like a man, right? We're going to unpack the result of a father who is absent or passive and see how that then plays into a boy's life is dad isn't there then something else happens and that's then there's mom and in uh, examining the mother one says here point a when mothers lead the family because the fathers fail to lead either by absenting themselves from the home or by taking a passive role. Boys are deprived of the most important natural model of manliness. Growing up mainly under the supervision of women, many men experience insecurity over their identity as men. Okay? So when dad's not there, then men feel insecure and then they tend to take one of these two approaches. The first one here, the first tendency, number one, for boys growing up in such circumstances is to rebel against women who are authorities over them and become socially disruptive, irresponsible in family and work commitments, overly assertive about their manly prowess, especially in sexual areas or leading lives characterized by violence, crime, alcoholism, and other addictions. Um, so then what happens, guys, is one of the reactions is men tend to rebel against women and they want to dominate them and they become overly assertive with regard to their manly prowess. That's why sometimes if you see guys, they... They kind of walk around. And by the way, this is from uh, this. It, it, these comments are from The Crisis in Black Manhood by Prentice Tipton. And that's why you'll have guys kind of go like that. Because they're wanting to exert their masculinity. Because they feel incredibly insecure. Make sense? So one response is when dad's not there. And again, in black America, as Prentice Tipton writes here sociologically we can really see a clear picture because in that culture dad's gone dad's gone and so clearly what you have is the men in that culture are doing one of two things just as it would be in our culture and so men tend to see women more as objects more as there for their own pleasure more as there to overexert themselves and dominate that's one response okay and by the way rape would be the ultimate extreme for this guy to dominate a woman okay on the other response the other side when dad's gone mom takes over the other tendency for young men is to identify with the adult women who are authorities in their lives and learn to behave or react in ways that are more appropriate to women than to men. To the extent that the young males take either option, they do not learn the discipline, responsibility, and character involved in being a man. So the first guy becomes overly machoized. Hey, Denny. 
Second guy becomes feminized. One guy wants to exert his masculine prowess and be really ma macho. And the other guy may be very masculine, but he becomes feminized, meaning that he starts looking at life through a feminine set of lens. We'll kind of play this out, but are you with me? So here's the definition then, point B. The definition for the overly bonded with mother is number one, an, emo an unhealthy emotional intimacy with mother, especially in his formative years, that causes a son to either be threatened by that influence of women later on, or to over-identify with that influence, okay? Let's talk about other characteristics, playing this out of this overly bonded with mother wound. So other characteristics then is that when these men are feeling either threatened or over-identified over with that influence of a mom, generally speaking, men tend to choose uh, a woman kind of like their mom and if they have a strong dominant mom they tend to marry a woman who's rather strong because they had the idea that women are there for them just like my mom was there for me and her job i.e. my wife's job is to care for me help me feed me Love on me, make me feel good, because that's what mom did. And all I can tell you guys, if a man marries a woman with that vision, uh, it's going to explode. And he'll sit there and go, how come this is not, he will not be able to figure it out. He will not be able, he will literally say, my wife is and all I can tell you is I, my wife and I speak around the country at a thing called Weekend to Remember. And I mean, probably 10 out of every 10 times a guy comes and starts talking about his marriage, it has something to do with, and the reason why his marriage is not working is because of his wife. It's not because of him, it's because of his wife, okay? That's, by the way, a feminized man. How's that? By the way, the way I would describe myself is I'm a recovering feminized man. <laughs> recovering, not recovered. Still trying to get there because this is my issue. And so men then either feel suppressed by women or they feel uh, seduced into that world. Okay? So other characteristics. This wound is not blatant. In other words, it doesn't feel bad. It's not one of those where even now when you're sitting here, you may be going, man, I love my mom. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. It's, it's subtle. Whereas the father wound goes, man, my dad went there. Man, he was harsh. And he was over demanding. And, and uh, when you think about dad, you go, boy, he makes me mad. But mom, mom loves me. See, it's very subtle. The father wound is like an ax hit. The mother wound is like a surgeon's cut. It's very clean, but, but that's what we're gonna try to do here is open up where that cut is so you can start feeling the pain. It is not a wound of abuse, neglect, or absenteeism like the father wound, but it's a wound disguised as love and care. You see, mom, if dad wasn't there, mom becomes the one who's there and she starts caring for you. And see, it feels good. And again, guys, the problem with it is, see, it's not a wound of inattention, but overattention. And so what happens is, is that you, uh, again, start seeing women like your mom. And that her role in your life has always been there to wash your clothes, help you with your homework, make sure you get up on time, make sure you're meeting your appointments, make sure your room is clean. I mean, she's making sure there's food on the table so you can enjoy a meal. See, all that feels good. See, if you get married again with that vision, 
Remember the illustration used at the beginning of this class that it, there's a care package, but inside, after you get married, there's a pipe bomb on the inside. <laughs> because your wife does not want to marry a little boy. She does not want to mother a man by always taking care of him. Okay? Because what she'll do, guys, by the way, if that starts happening, is she will lose the one thing the man needs most in the marriage. You know what that is? Respect. respect. See, she won't respect you. And that's what you want in that marriage, is that woman to look at you and go, you're the man. Jake Collins, you're the man. Yeah. But she doesn't want to look at you and go, God, you're just another boy in my life. Just another child I got to take care of, God. It's all rests upon me. And then she'll feel burdened and weary and heavy laden because she's married to you, a feminized man. Okay? Um, it's not a wound of inattention, but overattention. And that's the seductive power in it. There was a nun who sent out a card on Mother's Day to prisoners in a prison. And every prisoner sent out a card to their mom. So effective, she thought, I'll do it on Father's Day. And she put together a card and not one card left the prison. And so that's the difference of this wound. Uh, it can look like love, but feels like control, especially the older you get. Uh, by the way, guys, isn't it interesting if you watch football players on college football, on game day, if a guy scores, and, they, and, and it used to be this way, they don't, people don't do this much anymore, but I remember when I was growing up, guys would score, and all of a sudden you hear a guy goes, hey, mom, remember that? I mean, guys would always, they hardly ever, will you see somebody look in the camera and go, hey, dad, it's, hey, mom, mom. Right? It's crazy. And so here's the thing, guys. The older you get, it feels like love when you're younger. And then about 12 or 13, all of a sudden your mom says something like this. Honey, you, you need to make sure you, you're wearing your coat. It's really cold out there. I don't know if I want to wear my coat or not. <laughs> and I want to wear my coat. You see what I'm saying? Or you need to make sure you're eating. Are you eating your lunch at school and going, I'll eat my lunch if I want to or not? You see that? In other words, the older you get, all of a sudden mom's over-attention starts feeling like control. And then you're kind of going, I remember when I was growing up, my mom, I'd walk out the door going to school and my mom would say things like this. She'd say, the popular boys are wearing this color. <laughs> and I, I would go, I don't care what the popular boys are wearing. And then she, when I'd walk out the door, she'd just kind of pick at me like that. My hair, just making sure. I remember just like, Duh, Mom, leave me alone. You see that? And that's a bomb. It's not because she's evil. It's because she loves you. But you see, there's a point, guys, that a boy has to become a man. And it's usually around 12, 13, 14, and all of a sudden a boy starts withdrawing from mom and feels that that mom's attention becomes control. And she starts bugging you. And she's clever, she'll seduce you into her clutches. And so here you are 17, 18 years old and you just like, mom, I love you. She'll care for you and and the problem is, guys, is it's going to be a major wound. You're going to see here in a minute. It's so powerful, it can shape or warp the masculine psyche. So much so that a man can, a mom can say something to a grown man that can make him buckle his knees about how he's spending money, about how he's raising his kids, about where he needs to go on vacation about where he's gonna spend Christmas. And, and that, that man may be married and have kids and whatever his mom says, he, he says, yes, ma'am. Because he doesn't want to disappoint her. Now, let me just 
give you an illustration of my life. This is what it looks like. When I was uh, in uh, middle school, we had a couple of events. One was called pitch, hit, and throw, and it was called punt, pass, and kick. One was about baseball, one was about football, and they were city competitions. I don't know, if, did anybody ever do that in this room? I think, it's, I think it went out of style. But uh, anyway, they were city competitions, and everybody would get together, and you would, you know, pitch, hit, and throw. And then if you, you know, if you threw the most accurate and hit the furthest and threw the farthest, I can't remember all the things it was. But anyway, I won this competition in my city a couple years. I was the city champion. And so I remember when I was 12, which was the last year that you could compete in this particular competition, uh, the city champion went to regionals, which was in Salt Lake City. I grew up in Idaho, and so it was in Salt Lake City. And uh, my dad, now here's, here's my passive dad. My dad was not going to Salt Lake City. He wasn't going. In fact, he never saw me in the competition ever. He just heard I won it. He goes, that's great. But then when the, the regionals came around, Dad, are you, you want to go to Salt Lake City? No, there's no way he's going to Salt Lake City. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't want to go to Salt Lake City. I mean, it was 250 miles away from where I, I was, so that means some other guy would be taking me because the only way I could go, somebody had to take me there. And my mom wasn't going to take me, but here's, so here's what happens. I remember my mom could see my tension. So she comes up to me and she said, do you want to go to that? I said, not really. And she says, I'll tell you what. If you're not feeling good in the morning, you just let me know, and I'll call the guy who's going to take you, John. I'll call John and tell him, you're not feeling good and you can't go. So I remember the morning comes around, alarm clock goes off, and I'm sitting there in my bed, 12 years old, and I'm thinking, in my mind, all the unknowns, driving down there 250 miles, going and being with all those guys I've never met, just the pressure of the competition, and I'm by myself, I'm 12, and I'm going, I don't want to go do that. So guess what I did? Mom! <laughs> Mom comes in there. Yes, honey? I'm not feeling good. It's okay, I'll never forget. She came up to my bed, she got the covers, she kind of tucked me in, she said, you just get some rest. I was like, <laughs> I just snuggled up in that bed. Mom went called. I, I didn't do it. Now, here's what I want to tell you guys. This is what this wound will do for you in, in life. It will, it will create in your life regrets. Because what men do is men try. Men risk. Men jump off of cliffs. You know, the funny thing is, you know, women will see their kids jumping off of a cliff and this is what a mom will say. A mom will say, you may get hurt. And you know what a boy ought to be saying? Yeah, but I may not. You see that? But if he all of a sudden believes, yeah, I'll get hurt, so I'm not going to do it. I will play it safe. And then what happens, guys, is a man starts moving through life and he misses moments. You see, because he's feminized. He's, he's too safe. He didn't want to offend anybody. He doesn't want to risk it. I may get hurt. Because his mom keeps him on the bench. You see that? And so if I have a regret, one of my regrets is I wish I'd have gone to Salt Lake City because now I don't know how good I was, but I wish I would have known. See, what should have happened is my dad said, I'll take you, we're going, get in the car. <laughs> right? You see that? That's the wound. See, it's very subtle, isn't it? It's very subtle. But it, will, it really will warp a man's masculine psyche to make him start seeing things 
in a way that's more appropriate to a woman than a man. Uh, there's a guy named John Markle who lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I lived there at the same time he did. He was a off-the-Wall Street investment broker. He worked for a company called Stevens, Inc. there in Little Rock, and uh, he ended up getting arrested because he embezzled $900,000 from this particular company. And so as he was uh, getting arrested, he freaks out, and he ends up uh, going and killing his wife and three children, and then taking his own life. Just tragic, tragic. His mother was the mother in the movie, um, The Exorcist. His mother played the mother. Her name was Mercedes McCambridge. She was an old actress. And she was a very strong woman. And so, and the dad was gone. So the mother raised this boy, John Markle. And so here's, here's what's interesting, guys. I just want you to hear. This was the last letter he ever wrote before he killed his wife, children, and took his alliance. This is his letter. And guess who it's to? His mom. Listen to this. He said, quote, I tried to get your love through academics, achievement, gifts, and finally I tried to get your love through enormous personal financial risk, which was the, she, by the way, was getting the money. He was giving her the money. You tell the story of the boy who got paid to babysit himself. That means I was left alone at five years old in this little suit and hat flying across the country all alone, all alone. Is this clear to you, Mom? Exclamation mark. There's nothing more to say. That was it. You see that? It's a wound. It creates angry, uh, weightless men who aren't moving through life with the responsibilities and challenges and disciplines that it's necessary to make life work. And then what happens is guys start having regrets. And then they get angry, they get angry, frustrated, and even to the point maybe of taking their own life because they feel insecure. Okay? So let's keep going here. Sources of this wound. It begins with an absent or passive father or a lack of men in general in his life. That's where it begins when dad's not there or dad is there, but he's not knowing what to do. He's passive. Or there's just not a lot of men in his life at all. Gary Bauer, who is a, the head of the Family Research Counselor, uh, Council, uh, they had done some surveys, and the average father spend, spends eight minutes or less with his children a day. And actually, uh, they said that it's only 37 seconds of actually full-on attention a day with his child. Um, so here's what happens. A boy grows up then. And by the way, the work week is an aberration from most of human history. The 8 to 5, the American work week. If you think about it, our country used to be an agrarian culture where you grew up on the farm. And if you grew up on a farm, who are you spending most of your day with? Dad. Learning the disciplines and responsibilities necessary as a man to provide for your family. But then all of a sudden when the Industrial Revolution kicked in, remember we told you that? When dad left, see he left the family then. He's been gone ever since. So what happens is dad's gone at the majority of the day. When he comes home, he's exhausted. And he sees his wife and children really is there for him. And so a lot of the disappointment he may feel is, okay, I come home. The house is dirty. There's no food on the table. My wife is not responsive. My kids are out of control. And he freaks out because he is seeing that all of that is for him. See, so he doesn't, and, and he, he's exhausted from the day. He's a war weary work warrior that's worn out. And at the end of the day, he's just, because all he wants is a break. You see that? It's very subtle, guys. But what it's, what's created then is a sense where boys then spend most of their life, most of their day, even in the family, 
not with dad. In fact, all he ever sees of dad is when dad checks out in general. And so then he then grows up in a world that's pretty much predominantly women. For example, church leadership and supervisory personnel, mostly in churches, are what? Women. Sunday school teachers are generally women. Uh, high school teachers, grade school teachers are mostly women. And so, uh, and dad's not there, so when he's home, he grows up mostly in the world of a woman. Mom, I love my mom. She's there for me, because dad wasn't. You know, if you go to university studies, you'll find that there's a lot of studies on women. A lot of studies on feminism. A lot of studies on gay and lesbian relationships. But you're not gonna hear a lot about manhood. Being a man, are you? It's, it's amazing. And so today, most guys grow up in the world of women. So here's the result. Sociologically, here's what comes out of an environment like that. It's the feminized man. I honestly believe, guys, probably eight out of every ten guys in America are feminized. Just because of the sociological environment we grew up in. And it's not effeminate. It's not that I just think you're so pretty today. It's not that. It's feminized. Okay? It's looking at life in a way that's inappropriate to men, quite honestly. Marion Levy, a sociologist, says this. This overabundance of female mentors with little interaction with men is a historical peculiarity unlike anything we've ever seen in America or unlike anything we've seen in the recent history of Western or world civilization. He goes on to say this, the result is the feminized man. And this is what he looks like. Number one, a feminized man learns to act, think, and hear more like a woman. Because that's, that's all he's ever seen. You see that? It's like taking, taking a masculine set of lens that he should be seeing from his dad and teaching and being instructed and disciplined and trained with a dad. But when dad's not there or he's uninvolved, then the, the lens that's put on is a feminine set of lens. So he sees everything like a woman would see it. He learns to think, act, and reason more that way. Secondly, he tends to pause and wait and let others lead. There might be a scenario where maybe you're outside and um, there, I don't know if you guys saw on the internet the other day, uh, the, in Salt Lake City, there was a guy that motorcycle hit head on, I guess, to a BMW. Did you see that? And the driver of the motorcycle slid underneath the BMW, but the BMW uh, burst into flames. And he's pinned beneath, beneath the car. So the car and the motorcycle are head on. The guy's underneath the car. It's burning. And people are just standing there. Okay, you're sitting there. And it was interesting. At one point in the video, the only person looking to see if the guy's okay is a woman down on the ground looking to see if that guy's under there. And part of it, and finally, guys show up. But it's funny, there was one guy, I was watching him, and it's almost like, that's a no-brainer, guys. You go get the car, and you get, guys, get over here, turn the car over, get the guy out. Which is finally what happens, it's pretty cool. But there was one guy, you could tell, he's going, and he gets up there, and he kind of touches the car, and then he moves back. <laughs> and everybody else comes in, then he kind of pushes the car like that. Like, oh. <laughs> you see that? Feminized man, I'll guarantee you. Why he pauses and waits? Is everybody going to give me consensus that this is the, the right thing to do? Should I do this? You see that? See, real men just jump in there and make it happen. Thirdly, he can't make decisions. He places a lot of emphasis on his feelings. 
And I don't feel that this is the right thing to do. Fourthly, when women bark, it's not that he's insensitive to them, but he's paralyzed by them. He will not say something to a woman who's disagreeable to him because he just does not want the wrath of that chaos. And it may be his wife. He does not want to move into the chaos of his wife because when he starts learning about what it means to lead a woman and love her, he'll look at me and go, you do not know what I'm married to. Because listen, if you're asking me to move toward her, she's going to react. And all of a sudden the guy goes, okay, I'm going to take a step back. Give me a parachute. I need out of this thing. Right? That's a feminized man. Fifthly, instead of entering into the chaos of this woman, he becomes indecisive, passive, and he does not want to get involved. Okay? That's what it looks like. A few more comments, guys. Uh, let's talk about the kind of women then that this wound is inflicted by. And there are four general types of moms where this wound begins to be inflicted. Okay, the first one here are the ignorant moms, point A, the ignorant moms. And these are the moms that they just don't realize their power over sons. They don't realize that a son needs to come out from her and join a community of men. They just don't realize that. In fact, they're, they're just not thinking about it at all. And there's actually no place for it. That's silly. Shouldn't be doing that. And they don't realize that in doing so, they're inflicting a wound on their son. So they're just ignorant, which is pretty much probably the way most mothers are in America because dads are generally passive. They're gone most of the day. It's not that they don't have bad hearts. They're just generally passive. Moms take over. And then when a boy needs to begin learning the disciplines and responsibilities of manhood around 12, 13, 14, that boy starts to want to pull away and she starts feeling his resistance and then she'll go to her husband and say, you need to straighten this kid out because he's not doing what I've asked him to do. You guys ever felt like that? If you've got kids that age? I've got two, three of them like that. And my role is to help my wife understand you got to let him go. You got to let him fail. If they don't get their homework done, they fail. Because that's where a guy, when his back's against the wall, will figure out what he's going to do. But see, as long as mom's there, not letting him get to that place, he'll fail somewhere. It's now it's just going to be a, in a bigger arena. You see that? So he's got to learn it while he's at home. And so that's the ignorant mom. By the way, it's interesting that primitive people, third world cultures, understand this better than we do in America. There's a tribe called the newer people and they have very distinct seminaries where men go and grab boys and bring them into manhood in their cultures. And so what happens is they, they have a ceremony, literally it's a ceremony, it's like a community ceremony where when a boy, it's time for a boy to become a man, the, the mothers go and grab the boy and they take him into the community and they dote on him and they love him and they feed him and they care for him and they pamper him. But then the group of men and the dad, they're out away from the community and they're chanting and you can hear it. All of a sudden they're all coming in, they're yelling and all of a sudden this boy is going, what the heck is that? And they start moving into the community and the mother starts screaming. And there's that boy left to that group of men because they're going to go grab that boy. And all of a sudden that boy is screaming for who? Mama! And then and literally it's a ceremony. The boy's not sure what's going on. But these guys take that boy and all of a sudden there's this tug of war. Mothers, fathers. And, the, and of course the dads win. And they grab that boy and they take him out into the woods and they cut him. 
And they tell him, your job is to now care for those women back there in the community. Their job is not to care for you anymore. That's your job. Wouldn't it be great if that happened in America? All these guys leaving home and they never learn that the reason they're on the planet is to care for women and children. Um, the second kind of mom is the needing, hurting moms. And these are moms that lost a relationship with their husband, either by death or divorce. And so what happens is the son gets grafted in as a male companion to his mother. You see, she's lost her male companion, but she loves her son, and he loves her. And so the son becomes an unsuspecting surrogate husband to his mom. He has no idea what's happening. And so as the son begins to move into adulthood and marriage, this man who was once the son of a woman, mom, now that he was a man, she now feels threatened by the fact that this now grown man who ought to be on his own, doing his own thing, she starts feeling threatened, especially if another woman comes into to the picture. And so uh, let me just tell you a story. There was a guy who came to men's fraternity and we were playing all this out. I mean, all this was, this scenario was happening while he was going through men's fraternity. And that is that he was 24 years old. Uh, he was a chiropractor and he uh, just got out of chiropractic school. He's getting ready to start his practice. He met a girl and his mother did not like this girl. So what happened is, is when he was 12 years old, it was him and his older brother. His older brother was 17, he was 12. 17, 12, the father leaves the mother, divorces her. So guess who the mother attaches to? This boy at 12 years old. He sees what his dad's doing to the mom. And he sides with the mom because he sees her pain. And, and remember, the, the reaction to an absent father or a man who's like that is anger. Just get out of here, dad. So he'll go and embrace mom. And mom will feel that masculine connection. And they'll become, he'll become a surrogate husband to his mother. Not unknowingly. And they'll become best friends. And that's what happened this Chiropractor. His mom was his best friend. I mean, they talk every day, every day, all the way to 24. So when he met this girl, mom is going crazy. She does not like him. So he comes to me and said, can you help me kind of work through this? And because uh, it sounded like I thought, well, maybe this mom just really has an intuitive sense. And this woman he's going to marry just not a good girl. And so I said, well, let me meet your your girlfriend so we sat down and met she was amazing beautiful sweet tender heart loved god we go okay tell me more about your mom <laughs> so he started playing this out and that's when he told me all the story and he says okay i said listen you've got to break this umbilical cord that she's got attached to you it's invisible but it's called control. You gotta cut it. And it's, she's not gonna like that. And, and, and the way to do that is just continue to move toward this girl. Because at some point, you're gonna have to tell her, Mom, you need to stay out of my life like this. I need to leave you and I need to move on. So he kind of does that. Well, he ends up asking this girl to marry him. The day he asked this girl to marry him, guys, the day he asked, the next morning, his mother calls him at six in the morning and said she's sitting on the, her bed, ready to, with a gun, ready to kill herself. I'm at home. I get a call at six in the morning from this guy. Bill, my mom is sitting, she wants to kill herself. And, and as he was telling me what was going on, well, he just asked her to marry her. And, and so I'm sitting there, guys, and I don't know what. I, there are moments, you know, sometimes you just ask God for wisdom. And that was one of those. And I'm just saying, God, what do I say to this guy? So this is what I said. I said, call your mother back and tell her if she wants to kill herself, go ahead. 
<laughs> because that's her choice that she's got to answer before her creator, not yours. You are not responsible for your mother. And what she's doing, I believe, is that she's trying to control you. And she's emotionally affected by the fact that you're leaving her. She really feels like she's losing her other man. Because she is. And she's reacting emotionally. That's her own unhealth. But I said, you know what? You've got to tell her you are responsible before God. I'm not for the decision you're going to make. And if you're going to make that decision, that's between you and God. But you know what, Mom? I'm moving on with my life. Well, here's what happens. He calls and tells her that. He ends up going over there at 10 o'clock in the morning. She never was going to do any of that. She's just threatening him. But you see what she was doing, guys? She was trying to sink her claws in. Because she was feeling like I'm losing my son. And, uh, and she admitted to him that I feel like I'm losing you. And he said, you are. Our relationship's changing. You see that? But see, that's a needing, hurting mom. Very emotionally manipulative. Because she's needing, she's hurting. Thirdly, point C, the unwilling to release moms. And these are the ones who, these are the strong, feminine, dominant kinds of moms. And they want control. Her son may be 25 or 30. He's got two kids. His mom calls and says, hey, John. You come, you're coming to our house for Christmas, aren't you? And he said, yes, sure, that's exactly what we're going to do. So he goes and he talks to his wife and tells her what they're going to do. Well, look, they've been there the last four or five years. His wife then, here's what she sees. She sees a little boy who can do nothing more than say to his mom, yes, ma'am. And so all of a sudden, she's feeling a sense that somebody else now is in charge of our life. And it's not us, it's his mom. She's telling us what to do. And so his wife then says, hey, we've been there the last three or four years. When are your parents going to come to our house? And so what happens is, all he wants to do is apologize for his mom and for the situation. And so then what the wife sees now, again, is just a little boy who can't say no to his mom. Now, if she jumps into the conflict and her, now she's creating a situation where if her husband sides with the mom, you see what happens? He starts defending the mom. I'm telling you, I've seen this a lot. Now the wife, she's stuck. See, she's in the conflict between now he and her. His mom, but she's stuck. There, it's a no-win scenario for her if he sides with his mom. She can't win. And what's going to happen is she's going to start feeling disrespect for her husband. Now, if she wins and her husband says, okay, honey, whatever you say, now who's leading? She is. She, she still loses respect. Because either she's leading or now she's in conflict with not only the, the husband's mom, but her husband. It's just, a, it's not a good scenario. And these strong, unwilling to release moms can create that kind of damage. That's why the Bible says, guys, the very beginning of time, for this cause, a man shall what? Leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. If there's ever a principle violated I see in marriage, it's that one. Because it's where a man, notice the article there, a man shall leave mom and dad and cleave. But see, in America, that doesn't happen much. Because of this overly bonded with mother wound, these boys get married. And that woman now has married all kinds of other junk. She's going, God. Who are you? But see, what happens, guys, is a man needs to grab hold of a woman and he's starting a new company. He's broken ties. And he sets up a new office called his family. 
And now he's got his mission statement. It's what God's called him to do to impact the planet on God's behalf. With the woman who said yes to him. I'm trying to teach my boys. There's three decisions the guy needs to make in life. Who's going to be your master? What mission are you going to serve that master on? And who's going to be your mate to join you on the mission? And at some point, you're going to have to leave your mom and dad when you join that mate. That's, that's just the way it is, right? And then the, the last mom here, guys, is the fill-in-the-gap moms. And these are the moms that this happens very often where the dad's involved, but not strategically. He's what we call a hang-loose dad. He's there. He's involved. He goes to sporting events. He maybe shows up to school things. But he's not strategic. He's just sort of there. He's just kind of hanging loose. And so there are moments when the mother, being more intuitive and relational, may see that that dad needs to tell that son, go tell him you love him. He's, he wants to play baseball. Go play baseball with him. Go... He needs your time. Right now, would you, go, would you talk to him about his schoolwork? But, but she doesn't want to do that because she realizes that that may create conflict with her husband or the husband may say, I'm not going to do that. He's just hanging out. And so the mom sees these little gaps that are being missed by her husband with the son. So here's what she does. She fills in. She jumps in. In other words, if her son's sitting there with a mitt and the dad misses it, she'll get the mitt and she'll go out and play baseball with him. You see, she'll fill in because she doesn't want to enter into the conflict with her husband. And again, that boy then starts losing this vision of what he ought to be as a man because he's still being raised in the world of a mom. I always tell women, guys, when I speak to women, I, see, I always say this, ladies... Here's what submission in a very practical way may look like for you. It's a refusal to take over the responsibilities of your husband. In other words, if you want to submit to God, do not take over the responsibilities of your husband. Make him do it. Because here's what happens. When a wife starts taking over the responsibilities of a husband, you know what the husband will do? Let her. <laughs> I love that. I don't have to manage the money. I don't have to plan vacations. I don't have to go and talk to teachers. I don't have to go resolve conflict with issues on my kid. You do that. I don't have to do that. I just have to work and think about how I can feel good about myself today. And by the way, your job is to make my life easier, not harder. And so that's what happens a lot. Well, uh, two breaks, guys, that have to result. So when a boy becomes a man, there's got to be two things that happen for him to start moving into that direction of becoming a man, and that is he's got to leave mom. There's going to be a natural break, very obvious. The first one's called the postpartum blues. And that's when a little boy is inside of a mom, physically, literally, and, she co and he comes outside of her. And there's something connected, isn't there? It's an umbilical cord. And for nine months, you've grown up being attached very intimately to your mother. And that's why when the umbilical cord's broken and now the birth occurs, there is a, quote, natural separation, obviously. It has to happen. It has to happen for you to grow. <laughs> you've got to leave mom. I mean, can you imagine being a grown man and still having your umbilical cord attached to her? That's got to happen. And then you, but here's what happens. She has postpartum blues. Her hormones change. All of a sudden, she was very intimate with you. And I'm telling you, I, I do not get that. And I don't know about you. Can you imagine, guys, having another human being growing inside of your body? Does that not freak you out? But for a woman, you see that? It's very intimate, emotional. It's a deep connection. And when those kids come out of a, a woman, she's a mom. You know, it's the old mother bear. Those are my children. Okay? So it's very powerful. 
But there's a first separation, then there's a second separation. That is the post-power blues. <laughs> and that's when all of a sudden the mother will start feeling that she's losing control. And again, it usually happens around 12, 13. When that boy starts wanting to become a man. And uh, it's the post-power. See, she no longer has power to control him. And she starts feeling the blues. And, and she may react in anger. She may get emotional. She may feel like you're going off on the deep end. She may feel like you're going to become a, just a crazy nutcase out there. Why? Because she's not, you're not doing everything she wants you to do. And she'll go down that slippery slope because she's losing control. Feeling like you're losing control because she's losing control. And she may say all things about you. But here's the thing, guys. This break will come. I'll guarantee you. And usually in one of two ways. Either through crisis. Or finally like this chiropractor with his mom. Okay, that was a crisis. Or it may come through a conflict where you finally go, Mom, get the out. Or it can come through ceremony. And that's where a father can ceremonially move his son into manhood with the partnership of his wife so that they now partner together on how to relate and act and support and cheer a boy on so that he can become successful in life. So neither, it'll happen through crisis or you can do it strategically through ceremony. In the crisis, it may happen at 13, 18, 25, 30. Uh, sometimes guys may never have had this happen, but if it needs to happen, we're going to talk about how do you break the control of a mom in a boy's life so that you can begin to move in a direction that gives life to your wife and children in a way that's godly. Now, we're going to stop here. Listen, next week, if you can make it, you can always get it online, but here's the deal. Next week, we're going to do something really cool, and that is we're going to unpack from the Scripture how Jesus related to his mother. And I'm telling you, it's going to rock your world. You're going to look at this and go, <laughs> I have never seen that before and you're going to watch the perfect man move away from a woman who literally wants to control him okay mary okay